Hi everybody, welcome to a special episode of Taking Care of Business. It's 14 years at Allsop and Allsop, our anniversary, and we'll be hosting 14 business lessons. Or mistakes, however you want to look at it. Well, a mistake is when you learn from the mistake. Is that what it is? You, you learn from the mistake, it becomes a lesson? I think you learn more from failure than you do from success. Yeah, but success feels better though, doesn't oh, it? Oh, so, so much better. So much better. So we've learned a lot in 14 years. When we first started business, you I was you were 22, I was 24. Yes, that was a wildly, wildly long time ago. I was thinking about this before and I was thinking, do you remember like you go in a sales meeting and you'd hire a 35 year old or a 30 year old and there's a 22 year old CEO in front of a 24 and we're going, you must do this. They must have been thinking at that point. Like, Who are you? Who are you? And I think you do go through that and I think when you start a business, and this is not even the lesson on it, I think maybe there is the element of imposter syndrome some people have where you run the business and you're thinking, oh my God, do these guys trust me? Do they believe in what I'm trying to say? Um, and I think, or saying you fake it till you make it. Yeah, but you know what? With, with me, I don't know what it was. I, I always had this self-belief that like, you're going to listen to me because I know what I'm doing. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I, think, I think some people don't have that. And I think that comes with experience and it goes back to maybe lesson number one is when you're starting a business, one of the best tips I would give somebody is being an expert in a business that you're going to start will give you a massive help up in terms of knowing how to do the job, the processes, how to generate business. You know what it's like? It's others having confidence that what you're saying is is true. You yeah. Obviously, before we started the business, I've been doing it eight years, the States Agency Real Estate, you probably six, six seven, seven years, yeah, and six a lot years. of that in Dubai. And I think when we were speaking to people when we started the company, we had that true conviction of whatever we were saying, definitely, we thought was right. And obviously, you know, lo and behold, it was. So let's start with number one then. Lesson number one I've got here is you need, you do not need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to do it better than everybody else. Quite deep. Very deep. Um, well, look, when we talk about real estate, I mean, you know, they talk about do, doing things differently and involving tech, but the reality is real estate is actually just speaking to people. Yeah. Um, you know, matching them to the right property, to the right person. Um, and for us, you know, when we first started the company, you and I worked for different companies. Uh, I said to you, Lewis, we can do it so much better than what's out there. That was the conversation. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And then basically we just added a bit of structure into, you know, setting the business up, making sure there's certain things happen throughout, throughout, the, throughout the course of the week. If you remember the conversation we had when that business opened, also and also up, is we were saying we don't have paydays in the businesses. So people are getting paid in minutes and hours whenever they did the transaction. We were like, no, people need structure. There wasn't uh, pay slips, if you remember. People would just get a check based on what the, the agent, the person would give. There wasn't morning meetings. There wasn't listing meetings. And I think we were looking at it thinking, wow, we can do it better. So what we did is we just did it better. We didn't reinvent the wheel. We're still doing the same job as a property agency in 2008, but we're just doing it a better version of it. Which, do you know what? If you're, if anyone's listening to this and setting up in company, setting up a company now, actually one of the toughest things to do is to continue is to be consistent. Mm. Really difficult, you know, to make sure you're following the plan, sticking to the plan, doing it week in, week out, year in, year out. Okay. So on to subject number two, or uh, life lesson, business lesson number two. Uh, fail, it's normal. Yes, I actually, over the years in business, when we've had some periods of challenging periods, it's actually brought the best out of me and you, I think. Mm. Um, I think when things are going well, it's, it can be complacent. 
And I like it when things are a little bit tough because it, it brings out the best in me, whether it's on a football pitch yeah. or whether it's in work. You know, I always see the best out of myself. And I don't mind having a few challenges because it always gets my, my, my brain thinking a bit more about, okay, how can we do things differently? What can we do better here? I think it's, when it's easy, it's, it's not good for you mentally because you can just end up coasting. You were saying this morning, you said you were playing football last night and you said, Lewis, you would have loved it because these guys are heckling you on the sideline and they, they want a piece of you. And, I, and that's when I come into my own. It's a bit like if I look at the best moments of me as CEO in the business, my best moments like the pandemic and the moves we made on that, whether that's opening house or, or increasing the marketing spend and giving everyone guidance in terms of how we want to push the business and everyone believing in it. I think that, you know, it, it, is, it is normal to fail, but, you know, it's... it's I think, don't let failure put you off. If you fail, we failed loads of times in business and it's never put us off. It's like, okay, well, let's reset. How can we do things differently and work a hell of a lot harder? So, again, this is not business related, but obviously I, I go through methods of training and then dieting like everyone does. And my, tra- my PT said to my online PT, he was like, how was your week? I said, well, it was great till Friday. And then Saturday <laughs> and Sunday, it stunk. I, I, was, I had McDonald's and everything else. And in my mind, I was just like, cool, no problem. It's a journey. It's not, it's not, there's no destination to success. I'll just reset again on Monday. And I think you've got to have that mentality in business as well, haven't you? You have a bad day, we just reset. Exactly that. Um, next one here, we've got in business, anything that goes wrong, which there have been things that have gone wrong in our 14 years of business, take, accept the fault. It's your fault. It's not no one else's. Can you give us some examples of that? Um, it's very difficult. And unless you run a business and you have this mindset that... This is my theory with it. If we do well, it's everybody else's win. It's not my win. If we do bad and we're not generating listings, buyers, sellers, market share, I will take the blame because a CEO's job and a COO's job and owner of a business's job, an entrepreneur, is to fix problems. And I think that if I look at the people that have failed, and I've spoken to people that have failed in business, and you don't know everyone's an entrepreneur, but if you look at them people, what they say is the market was crap. Or we didn't have, you know, you speak to an agent that fails to go, our marketing wasn't good enough. Or there'll be a, a reason, and rather than sitting down and going, okay, cool, no problem, you failed, but take ownership on what you do and how do you fix it? A lot of people don't have that mindset. It's a difficult thing to do. But, you know, we ourselves are probably the most self-critical people. And even things are going well. We're always thinking, okay, well, what we could have done, we could have done this, we could have done more. And I think... That is a good and a bad trait as well. We literally had a meeting, me and Carl, a minute ago. And the same meeting, we were sitting in the room together, just obviously with our computers on. And Carl was just like, so we're having a very good week this week. We had a very good week last week. Carl's in there going, we're not doing this good enough. I'm putting it in my diet. We're sitting down and we're finalising how we... And I'm sitting there thinking, we've just smashed it this week. But that's the mentality that I think, going back to them standards, you know. You know, I, I'm ultra critical of myself, whether it's, you know how I dress, what, what I'm doing, how I look on pictures, that's how I talk on podcasts. And if you don't have that mentality, you know, it doesn't make you at that elite level. I think you've got to be super critical of yourself. What's your thoughts on business planning? Because very often we speak to people and people are like, what's your business plan? What's your forecast? What's the next five years? What's your thoughts on that? So we, when we first started the business, I looked at our business plan. It was a one-page business plan. And that business plan was... We're going to have 20 people and then 20 people are going to bring in X, Y, Z amount of money and this is how much money we're going to make. And I look at it now and I think, wow, we were wildly off. And then when you're drawing out this business plan, we did that, we wrote it in 
let's call it January 2008 to launch in September or February. But then at that point, the crash happened in the world. So how do you forecast that? And how do you forecast the pandemic? How do you forecast exponential growth your business might have? How do you forecast that you might actually have some really good staff to take you to the next level? Or you might lose three or four staff. So I think when you look at business models, I think doing a three to six month model helps you set your your business up to, to be able to be very fluid. Is the best it's like little checkpoints. So by all means, have a yearly goal, but having little checkpoints every three months kind of allows you to stay on track so you're not too disheartened. A year is such a long time. Things yeah. can change. But if you're three months in and you've kind of worked towards that goal, you can think, right, great. Okay, the next three months, I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden, you're halfway through the year and you've done what you want to do. I was speaking to one of my uh, my friends over there is running, he's running like, a marathon in, I think he's doing Miami, I think he's doing it in. And he was just, he's there at the moment, I think it's LA actually. And um, I said to him, talking about me running the marathon, and I said to him, oh yeah, you'll see if you can beat my time. My time was terrible. I've got like five hours. But you've done it. What, what I was going to get onto is that I left him with the medal and how I got around, I remember running it and it was one of the most painful things ever. I wasn't, I, I got cramped, my, my, my calf seized at, at 60 miles. But what I did, and this is the same thing in business, I said, Lewis, just get to 18 miles. And I got to 18 miles, cool, one more mile to 19. And if you have them little milestones, all of a sudden you're at the 26 mile and you've achieved it. But if you said to someone 18 miles, don't worry, you've got uh, nine more miles, you're going to run you blood. Oh my God, i Seems so finished. far away, doesn't it? And that's, that's the way you've got to run it in business. You genuinely can run a business and go, let's get to here in three months. And if it's achievable, you all drive towards it. So yeah, I'm not a big believer in big business models. I don't believe they work. If you look at the biggest companies in the world, let's take Purple Bricks in real estate. Let's take the biggest companies. Go and have a look at their forecast and see how close they probably came to them. It'll be probably a little bit off based on, and probably up as well compared to their forecasts. So for us, short, sharp, objective-based business plans work for us rather than longer term ones okay um, number six I've got here is surrounding yourself with good people so I'll make this clear also and also I'm the number one estate agency in Dubai not in my opinion in the, in the opinion of the Dubai land department and the awards that we get and the lead generations that we get that's not because of me and you that's because we have and we've nurtured some of the best people in the business if you look at our mortgage business our sales arms they're, they're, they have elite agents and it's important that when you have a business, you've got to find people. And the really, this goes to the next point of what I've got into together is surrounding yourself with good people and building that culture. The culture is something you need to build, not the company. And if you understand that mindset, you can hire someone that maybe hasn't got the experience, but has, you know, whether it's you watch from the football pitch or watch how they talk or watch their drive. I would rather have someone with that drive and that culture that fits to me than someone who's got 20 years agency that's a slob. Yeah. It's interesting because in the early days of recruiting, a big thing for me was chemistry. You know, when you're hiring, you're plotting out, you know, the, your desk space or, you know, who you're hiring. It's actually, does this, would this person work well with this person from, from the conversations you had? So chemistry is really, really important. That plays a part in the overall culture. Having, you know, for us, the big thing about our, our culture is, Making sure the environment is fun. Yeah, it is objective based, so people know exactly what they need to do over the course of the week, over the course of the month, and it's it's very much that work hard, play hard. Yeah, I mean, look, we took all the staff to the pool party, didn't we, on Friday? And you can see everybody loved it. We took everybody out. We had a good good month. So we took them out, and we took them out on a weekday. Took the hired out a whole venue, and 
you look at what we do, whether it is the DJs, the cake house, we have the music booth. I remember every time we've opened the office, the first thing that I say to interior designers, where are the speakers going and where, how do we get this set up to create that 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 energy in, in the company? So if you are building a company and you're looking for your next person, ask the question rather than experience, do they match what you're looking for and are they trainable? And that will give you the culture over the company. Problem solving is the key to success. Mm. I I think problem solving is probably the biggest if you're if you're running a company, owning a company, I think problem solving is probably your biggest task. Because it's not just about, oh, uh, I've got this issue. It's so many different things where you might not even think there's a, you might not even think there's a problem, but it's actually finding, okay, well, this is an issue, how do you do it? And ultimately everyone looks to you as an as as regards to, you know, having the answers with yeah. problem solving. Yeah, I think you, you, you've got to use it in real life scenarios. I mean, if let's say, for instance, if you're not happy with your wife and you, you know your relationship isn't good, ask yourself the question hypothetically, have you been having dinner with her recently? Mm-hmm. Is that going to help you build that relationship in a better place? Probably because you're spending time with that person. If you're not generating uh, listings, what is the process that you're doing to, to problem solve? Have a look at are you prospecting? Are you looking at old landlords? If you don't have buyers, what's your marketing spend? So for me, problem solving on every single level of the business is important, but how you do it is figure out what the problem is, you write down the solutions, and then you action them solutions, knowing the logic behind it will actually work. And not enough people look at it at such a basic level like that to figure out what the problem is. Definitely. Um, Long-term relationships over short-term wins. Very often in business, you can... You know, you can look at, uh, you know, I say a deal or some revenue generated over really what might be a long lasting relationship. So it might be, let's say, for example, someone's had a bad experience uh, with your company or a good one of way around. And you know, you're looking at really that situation, that money at the time and not looking about, OK, well, will this person have a long lasting relationship with the business? It's hard to do because if you, if, if you month to month, Obviously, I, I've been there before where you are thinking, oh my God, like, we need the money, we need, you know, we need to do well. But I think karma plays a point in life at some point. It will come and catch up. I mean, obviously, with our UK business, I know that we found out there was a landlord that had double paid us and we didn't recognise it for six months. You seen it, it was like, just to let you know, I'm sending the money back. And we're like, of course, we're going to send the money back. Then obviously recently, uh, yesterday, in fact, we gave back nearly £11,000 to a customer that bought a villa from us because our conveyance and service wasn't great. And the customer was like, you don't need to do that. And my answer was, well, I don't, obviously I'm not loving doing it, but it's the right thing to do if the experience isn't where it needs to be. And that's what you're paying for. Um, and I know that customer will come back to us. They'll tell their friends that, and there will be a natural knock-on effect. So from my point of view, yeah, prop, uh, you know, long-term relationships. If you're planning on being here long-term, you've got to understand you want people to talk bad about it. I know I can walk into a room and no one could say, anything negative about us in the market because well, you know, we do doing the right, right thing is, is so right. so so important really and I think that's why we're still here 40, 14 years later just about uh, next one I've got on this is social media and understanding technology that's working so um, and it's continuing to work well as you're in a business and you're running a business your job is to know uh, what are the points of visibility for your customers because a lot. If you look at our business when we launched it in 2008, we were in the papers, yeah. and that was our thing. And we were spending hundreds of thousands of dirhams to advertise in the papers. We made a decision that the internet was the way forward. We then pushed onto the internet. We're now on videos on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I mean, our YouTube last week. How many 
how much have you used it? How did you said? I think it was like 15, uh, 1,500 hours watched last week. And if you go back a year and a half ago, it was 150 hours. Um, and I think that what we're doing is we're just continually investing into what we believe is. I believe it's working. But what, what it is with social media, and this, this is it, and I'll leave this for everybody to digest on social media, and this is my opinion on it. A lot of people get butthurt when they put something on and they don't get the comments or the likes. They Honestly, it kills them. But success for me on social media is when someone actually views it. Because how many people do you go, oh, Carl, I saw your picture, but they didn't comment? Is that a success to you or not? Yeah, I think social media, the way I look at it, is it's your mouthpiece to the world. Yeah, It's your way of kind of shouting about what you're doing, whether it's good customer stories, whether it's something new that you're bringing into your business. And, you know, I think with social media, it's about repetition. Yeah. But continue doing it and not being disheartened about you know, the likes and the hearts and whatever it might be. The hearts. Oh my God. That's <laughs> how you know my age out, and I. out of the game. The hearts. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'll let you digest that one. My, my lesson for social media is post, upload, make it, make it visible, make it uh, relatable to what you're doing. But remember, people are watching it. They're just not commenting. Do not let that upset you. Okay. Um, four more lessons to learn here that, that we, lessons we like to pass on. Hard work outweighs talent. Talent can be taught. Something that I did not know when I first started this business that I would have said I'd take some more hard work than talent. Uh, but me personally, it's what I've always prided myself on is I've always probably been one of the more harder working people Workhorse. in the company. And I just think like if you're behind someone in terms of skill or knowledge, if you work hard on them, you'll catch up sooner or later and surpass them in a long, long way. And I just think... You cannot teach someone to work hard. It's in there or it's not in there. Um, and I think there's no excuse. If you're setting up, setting up in business, if you're setting up in a new career, there is no excuse for you not to be there every second of the day. When we were going to work, we were probably getting into the office at half past seven every day and not getting home till 10, Tr- 11 Trimble, o'clock. We, we used to, um, so this is what we used to do. Obviously, we had a villa, didn't we? So we'd have the key for the front door. So people would literally we would be the first one there. We'd have to be there with the front door to lock up and then we would leave and we would hoover the office and then lock the front door at 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever time it would finish and we were doing our, our deals and then repeated that process and it's, it's, it's long days, isn't it? Very, very long days but again, that hard work, we didn't put that hard work in at the start. We never would have been where we'd been now today. So, so anyone setting up a business. Do you think you work as hard now? Do you think, or do you think you work different? I think you work different. I definitely work different I mean that's I think goes back to what I said before we've got very good people around us now where I think if you're running a business you work hard when you're growing and you're going in growth mode but there comes a point where you understand how your business operates and you can use them hours in different ways to be more effective for the business and there's a saying isn't there you either work in the business or on the business and I think if you're working on the business you don't need to be working 15 hours a day you can get away with working probably 10-11 hour days do you know what it is for me? Like, I, I need, if I've got three or four hours where I'm just absolutely in the zone, I will do so much in that, that three, four, five hours. It doesn't mean I'm not doing anything else in the other four, five, six, seven hours, but I might do, I might have a busy period between nine and 12, then might get around and speak to different people. But actually, I'm on my laptop then after dinner at eight till 10, following up and doing other stuff at night time. So yeah. just, I don't just. You don't stop though, do you? That's what a lot of people do. They go, oh, I need my work life balance. I message someone the other day in work. Not going to name names who it is, but I messaged them to send me something and I sent it at 7 pm and I didn't get a response until 9 am. 
And I just thought to myself, if you emailed me, I'm the CEO, I will respond at any time. And that's the difference between someone that is in salary collecting mode to someone that's trying to build a career. They're massively different. Well, do you know, we'll, we'll end this part on this one. My working hard, so on my wedding day, on my honeymoon, and what else, big days, I think even probably when my kids are born, I was doing something, whether it might be releasing salaries or responding to an email, I was doing something. So for me, running the business, there are no days off whatsoever. No. Um, and that really knocks on to number 15, number 13 I've got here is about health. Um, health, I think as I've got older, I've realised is a, a key component for me personally. And what I mean by key component, I'm not sitting there saying I drink wheatgrass shots every day, but I've learned that for health for me keeps me mentally in a very good place. So one of the main things that I like to do is I like to train three, four, five days a week, depending on how busy I am, to keep me in a mentally uh, fit place to run the business. Would you say that's an important part of it? Any- oh, let me tell you now. So if I don't work out, I am the grumpiest, the grumpiest man in the world. So I, uh, so for at least five, six days a week, sometimes seven, in the morning, I have to work out in the morning. It just changes my whole, my whole me- mental state for the rest of the day. Yeah. So for me... Looking after yourself, as particularly as you get older as well, I'm edging towards my 40s. Oof. So I'm edging towards my grave ever oh my so slowly. God. Wow, a bit deep, <laughs> but, deep now, grave. but now I need to look after myself, but it just changes your whole mindset. So someone says that I don't have time, I don't buy it, I really don't. Do you know I didn't go to the gym until I was 26? How mad's that? 25, not anymore though. Um, but oh God, I don't rub my belly but yeah I didn't pick a weight up until I was 25 or 26 and I was running the business from 22 I was just playing football and everything else can I just say one thing in the early days set of the business how bad was our diets oh my god oh my god so I used to I was thinking about, I was telling someone a story yesterday because I'd never lived alone before I remember I used to order cases of Mountain Dew and I'd drink a case <laughs> in a week and I think about that and I thought, oh my There's God. There's so much sugar in Mountain Dew. And then obviously the takeaways, we'd go through the triangle of death, we called it, and it was uh, the Chinese, what was the Chinese called? Oh God, it was called, was it Panda something? No, Pan- it wasn't Panda, it was something else. So we'd have the Szechuan beef in the morning, like late late morning, and then you'd go to Hippopotamus where you'd get like the onion rings and the steak, and then you'd end up, um, what was the final one you'd do? Charlie's Grilled Sub. And that's in one day. So you can imagine the amount of calories... <sighs> So yeah, it's a um, place to be. Stay healthy. Stay yeah, definitely. <laughs> Don't do what we did. And the final one for me, I'm going to leave you with this, um, and it's what's really uh, if accelerated me in a personal financial position. And this goes back to how I met my wife, to how we run the business, to how my best investments have been. Uh, taking a risk, but a calculated risk. Do you know what's what? Opinions? Had I... Had I not said, had I, basically, had I not left the UK and come here and said, Lewis, let's go, let's go, that's a risk. We, we would never be where we are today. And every single person out on that sales board today have left mum and dad. They've taken a risk. They've taken a risk on us to come here. So in life, not everything can be calculated. Not everything can be well thought out. Not everything can be business planned. Sometimes you need to go with your gut, roll the dice, take a risk. Yeah, I mean, I, I use this analogy all the time and I use it on the sales floor. I so said, my wife, Georgia, and one of my, I've got my two beautiful children, Harvey and Myla. And I remember the first time I met Georgia in a club and she was like literally on her own ball of mates. And I thought, I don't want to chat to that girl. And I thought, this is a massive risk going over there. But that risk that I took going over there led on something else. It's the same risk of me jumping on a flight to Dubai and you jumping on a flight. There are massive gains to taking the risk. The best properties I've ever bought 
I've leveraged myself to put all this in a little bit uncomfortable, but it worked out with the, the gains that you get off the leverage is incredible. And I think a lot of people don't get that. What they do is they're willing to stay safe. And how you use that in calculated terms for your business, whatever business that you're in, let's say, for instance, you're in recruitment, real estate, you know the model, you know how many people you need to hire, you need to know how your marketing works, you know how much each person will bring in per head. You can scale that by investing more money into whatever your business model is and taking that risk at any level. That could be in any industry, but because you know the metrics of how much you need to spend, how much you need to make. But it, I suppose what Grant Cardone says is your 10x in what you're doing. I mean, I've never read it, but I get the concept behind the 10x. I think there's a big difference between t- taking a risk and being reckless. Yeah, reckless. And, and for us, you know, I think most days we take risks. We do. It might be very, very small. It might be, uh, should we order a Charlie's Girls Up today? It's a risk. Well, that's a risk. That's <laughs> risk for the heart. We're not doing that. But okay, no, Carl. take a risk, be brave, because um, we're going to get one life. Oh, wow. We'll leave it on that. Yeah. Hey, hell. Uh, 14 years of life lessons in business. Um, any questions you want to DM us with? We, I am very active on LinkedIn and so is Carl. I'm a little bit more active. A little bit, yeah. You might message me back in a month. There's no hearts on LinkedIn, is there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, life lessons in business and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.